the Lord. Ready to go on? Amen. Yeah, I'm on. Am I on, brother? Good. Amen. Well, the divine history. I hope uh, you didn't leak, didn't leak too much life over your break. We have to learn, as Dave said, this, it's an exercise. These conferences not just depend on the, the speaker. It's a, it's a conference. That means we all are conferring together. And we all stand together and exercise together for the Lord to show us what he wants to show us. Praise the Lord. Well, we saw, I hope, and I trust, uh, in our first session that the divine history is the most marvelous thing in the whole universe. And we all need to have a vision of this history, like the Apostle Paul did. And I believe that uh, at this point, everyone in this room has seen more. Do you believe it? I believe it. Even if you doubt, you have to stand with your spirit. If you keep exercising and stay open to the Lord, you will see. You will see more and more. And actually, our seeing is a kind of an accumulation. You're not going to see everything this weekend, but I hope you see something uh, because of which you will never be the same. Amen? Oh, the divine history uh, began with God's dream, God's thought, which became his heart's desire, that is, to be joined with his creation, with his creature, that is, with man, to be a universal, one great person, a corporate me, so that when you touch that, you touch a universal God-man. God, man. So God's thought, uh, which became his desire, uh, from which he had his will. God's whole being is involved in this. Issued in a plan, which in the Bible is called economy. An economy, an arrangement that God made to carry out his heart's desire. And this, what we are describing, is the outworking or the, the progression of the divine history. The divine history began in the heart of God. And by reading the New Testament, we realize that. This matter, saints, is a great mystery that we're talking about. And Paul, as time went on, realized that this tremendous great mystery of this universal person was hidden in God in the ages past. As he says in the book of Ephesians, it was hidden in God. Nobody had any idea that God had this in mind. If you realize what God has in mind, you would not mistreat yourself. And you would not disdain other human beings. You understand what I'm saying? If you realize, oh, this man over here who might have a different 
kind of a hair do, <laughs> cut, whatever, uh, or a different color of skin than mine, or this or that, a different social class. This man God loved, and this man was made in such a way that he would partake of the divine history with, together with me and with all of the other saints. Oh, if you see this vision, not only will you not feel sorry for yourself, but you would treasure mankind, not in a humanistic way, but in a way according to God's heart. Do you follow me? Oh, so this vision is Paul testified that what he saw exerted a, an influence over him as if it was a, a ruling. He testified, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to what I saw of the divine history. Oh, it controls me. I'm crazy. It animates me. It's like a ping pong ball. I saw some people playing ping pong, and I almost stepped on the ball because, you know, and, you know I wasn't anywhere near the table, but <laughs> I almost stepped on the ball. A ping pong ball, you know, if you push it underwater, what happens when you let it go? Boom. Stay down there. That's the way the Apostle Paul was. He had seen the vision. No matter what you did to him, be quiet. Be quiet. It's like Peter and John. They also saw the vision. We all know Peter was a big mouth. Actually, he's a big nose. The nose is the part of the body that sticks out. You know, think about it. What part of my body, hopefully not my stomach, <laughs> what part of my body is the foremost? My nose. Peter was like, he was bold, always saying the wrong thing. Well, not always, as we'll see sometime <laughs> during the course of this weekend. He had a revelation concerning Christ. And you all need to have the revelation. Oh, thou art the Christ. Ah, the angels, woo. But then two minutes later, Two minutes later, when the Lord Jesus, listen to what he was talking about two minutes later. He was talking about, okay, you see Christ, and I say the church. You know the story. Oh, thou art the Christ. Oh, and I will build my church. Ooh, that's the next point. Very good, very good. Then, as the Lord was going on to speak about what? You know what he was going to go, what he went on to speak about? Death. His death. See, we think the death is so bad. Darren, he just loves that, you know, that poor Jesus. <laughs> because religion is in that category. Sorry, I don't like to criticize. Those are the Lord's people, but they're in the wrong kind of a system that has given them, over centuries, the wrong kind of idea. They should read the Bible. They should read the Bible. Then they would say, hallelujah for such a death. So the Lord, you know, in that kind of, uh, in a good sense, that, that euphoria that they were in. Oh, who do men say that I am? Oh, Peter gets a revelation. Thou art the Christ. Oh, the angels. Woo, did you hear that? Peter, Peter, Gabriel, did you hear that? Peter, Peter got the revelation. Peter got the revelation. 
And then Christ, you know, oh, not only that, but I say also to you, that's just half of the equation. That's just half of the equation. I'm the Christ, that's right. But the me needs the you or the them. <laughs> so I will build my church. You're involved. Oh, so they were in that euphoria, that high, whoa, what a revelation. So the Lord, you know, the Lord is going to go on. Well, here's how I'm going to carry this out. I'm going to die. And everyone from this went to die. What? Did, what did, am I hearing things? Did he just say die? So Peter, of course, he talked about revelation too, or, or sorry, resurrection too, but Peter missed that part. All he heard was the die. According to his concept, Of course, there was some, there was some, uh, shall we say, interest in the Lord staying alive because he was the king, according to what he had said, and they were going to be the co-kings. Die. That will ruin everything. For us. <laughs> Plus those miracles, you know, feeding 5,000. That was good. And that's good. That was concrete. <laughs> Die? What is this? So he said, pity yourself, pity yourself, pity yourself. And then the Lord from mm to mm, he said, get behind me. That's right, the other guy. You see, he's always there. There's three parties in this universe. Don't forget it. God, the me, the them, and the that guy. And the that guy utilized the old Peter concept. My point is, Peter, you would expect that Peter would be so bold, and we appreciate him. He was always wrong, but consider, I would, coming back to my point, I was talking about the ping-pong ball, remember? <laughs> this is what happens when I speak. You have to kind of go back to where we were while we were at the ping-pong ball. It's no surprise that if you put Peter down, you know, he got it right a few times. But eventually, after the Lord resurrected and ascended and got into the disciples, and he was with them, for 40 days, and he was unveiling, unveiling them to them concerning his kingdom. Oh, I believe they got the video. Even though that was the first century, they watched the video. They watched the video of the divine history. So then they were, got crazy. And eventually, wherever they went, oh, here they come, here they come. The people, these crazy people, these crazy people who are turning the world upside down. Here they come, watch out. They got crazy because what? Of what they saw. So they were preaching in the name of Jesus and they were building up the church. Christ in the church, Christ in the church, Christ in the church, as we'll see a little later at the beginning they continued in the apostles' teaching. 
which is the unveiling concerning Christ and the church. Do you realize Christ and the church is the universal person? Christ and the church is the corporate me. Have you realized that? So the religious leaders told them, stop. Stop. I read a book one time. It was entitled Christ versus Religion. Christ versus religion. Think about that title. Christ versus religion. You think, wait a minute, what? Christ is religion. Ha, 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 ha. No. This book said Christ versus religion. And it was interesting that religion, religion was persecuting in those days. Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Don't preach anymore in this name. They told them. And it was Peter and John. Now let me tell you about John. Peter was bold. He was the nose. But John, John was the opposite. I say this to encourage some of you. Some of you are sitting there, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh this guy is crazy. Ooh. Wonder, if, wonder if he expects us to be the same way. Ooh, ooh, kind of, ooh, ooh, boy, ooh. Look at the clock. <laughs> I say this for the encouragement of some of you who dispositionally are not bold. Dispositionally, you are not bold. I tell you, if you see something, that seeing will take you beyond what your disposition is. Because John, we know John was kind of a, he was laid back, you know. When they were around the table, and the Lord said, somebody is going to betray me. So all the disciples are there, oh, 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 is it me? Is it me? Is it me? You know, they're all saying, is it me? Is it me? And John was there lying on the Lord's breast saying, is it me? <laughs> Not very bold. And then in Revelation chapter 1, when there was the revelation of Christ. What a Christ in Revelation 1, kind of wild. We used to enjoy that years ago. Don, you were there. Some people really enjoyed, uh, I say enjoyed, you know, such a view of this kind of Christ. Wild, because those were the days when people were wild. That kind of met their wildness. But nonetheless, in Revelation, the Lord is pictured that way because he was reacting to some things that that guy had done. So he had to be kind of, oh. And when John saw that, Christ, who is pictured there in Revelation, white hair, flaming eyes, you know what John did? Fainted. It says, I fell at his feet as dead. Fainted! <laughs> Yet, saints, oh, when John saw the vision, initially, probably you would have fainted too if you saw such a vision. But intrinsically, John became a different person after he had seen the vision. It was not only Peter, but Peter and John told the religious leaders, whether we should not speak. What, what did they say? 
what, whether we should take care of what God wants or what you want, you decide. We can't help but speak what, what we have seen and heard. We can't help. We can't help it. This was Paul. This was Peter. This was John. This has to be all of us. We see something. We can't help but speak. Do you believe it? Some of the sisters here are real tiny, small. They don't believe what I'm saying. Well, they believe it, but they kind of... That's for Brooks. No, that's for you. You need to see. Oh, the divine history. Oh. Makes you buoyant. We're all like the ping pong balls. Nothing will keep us down. Depression. Some people take medication. And some people have to take medication. But I tell you, if you see the vision, hard for you to be depressed. Oh, oh, the divine history, and I'm part of it. I'm part of it. Oh, 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 depression, depression. Whoa, whoa, I'm in the divine history. Well, eventually we saw that from the purpose from the plan comes the producing of a prototype. And this is where we stopped last session. God wants a prototype. So God is embodied. God is embodied. The Word who was with God and who was God became flesh. He was incarnated. God stepped into human history. God, divinity, came into humanity. I'm repeating this because I heard it. And I don't have anything better to tell you. And I'm telling you so you repeat it. God came into man. Divinity came into humanity. Oh, what an event that was. The angels were rejoicing. From an early age, the content of divinity began to be expressed through that humanity. This was God's dream. Even as a little boy, 12 years old, oh, there was favor there with God and with man. God was happy and men were happy with this one. God is saying, that's my son. And the men were saying, who is this? Who is this? Isn't this, isn't this Joseph's son? But my, what a boy. What a boy this is. There's something about him. And then he lived his life that way expressing the divine attributes through his human virtues. Oh, my goodness. God is being expressed. My goodness. 
for the first time. You have to realize man was created. Adam was there. God intended something through Adam, but Adam failed. He made a wrong choice. He chose something. He chose the other guy. He, got, he made the wrong choice, he got the wrong content, and he started giving the wrong expression. And people are still giving that expression today. Walk down the street, you know, you see this. You know, sometimes it's better just to walk like this. You know, just straight ahead, straight ahead. Because sometimes you look at people. You know why people are like that? Because they were made for God. And it's, I've told this story before. It's like a little boy who is, has a toy. One of, my son had one of these, you know. It's different hole, holes of different shapes. And then you've got the blocks. And you have to put the round block through the round hole, the triangle through the triangle. Of course, little children don't know this. So they take the square, and they're trying to get it in the round. <coughs> I can still see my, my son. When he was doing that, he looked like me from the front. <laughs> you know, and that's why, that's why people are like this today, because they are trying to fill themselves with a square block called entertainment, or with a triangle called sports, or with a, a pentagon-shaped thing called education. They're trying to fill themselves with all kinds of things when they have a round hole that needs a round block or a round whatever, which is called God. We were made for God. Now, where was I, Brooks? You got to help me. <laughs> Anyway, we were made for this. <laughs> we were made for God. You're never going to be happy. And human beings will never be happy. I was talking about the fall. They're like that because they made the wrong choice and they have the wrong filling. just like that little kid. <clears throat> we need to help them, saints. We need to help them. Friend, let me give you the round peg. Here is the round peg. You can get it in you by saying, Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's all say that. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. A little deeper. You see, when you do that, it's hard to have a wrinkle on your brow because that's what you were made for. God, or Adam, he made the wrong choice. God intended for Adam to express him, to be in his image. He was created in his image. God expected for his expression to be through man. 
and dominion to be exercised over that guy. But Adam failed. So, the last Adam, <laughs> what the Bible calls the last Adam, or the second man, there's a second man, there's a last Adam, who is that? Is this, is this Babel? <laughs> Who is that? Well, just say them both. Jesus Christ. Amen. That is Christ. Now, he expressed the divine attributes through his human virtues, in his human living. Saints, those 33 and a half years, that is divine history. You talk about the four-day war, you talk about, my goodness, what about those 33 and a half years? God was being manifest in the flesh of the prototype. God's thought is, this is just the first one. This is just the prototype. So then the Lord began to describe to the disciples how the prototype would be uh, brought forth so that the mass production could take place. And the prototype is brought forth so that the mass production can take place through death and resurrection. And we saw, oh, what a death! What a death! How many of you enjoyed the death? Not poor Jesus. It's poor you. Where are you? Good, you did learn something. How did you get there? Believing into him. And this Christ is like that tree. He is rich. He has a history. You don't really deserve to be there, but you believed into him, and God put you in there. So now, I mean, it's like rags to riches. Right? It's like rags to riches. Oh, I'm in this tree. I, I used to be over there in that, you know, in that little scrawny, tangled, you know, vine. I was half dead. No hope of ever bearing fruit. I was there, and then, my goodness, a hole was cut in the tree, and I was cut off from that hopeless source, Adam. And God took me and put me into this tree. I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. The history of the tree is mine. And that means everything. Do you realize divinity is mine? Humanity, uplifted, perfect humanity is mine. Death and all of what it accomplished is mine. Should Satan bother me? He will, but will it bother me? No. no. Don't be chicken. The New Testament says that he destroyed him who has the power of death, that is the devil. On the cross, he's been destroyed. Amen. You know what we don't do? We don't declare the facts. I would like to see us declare the facts. Actually, we have a lot to say. We've got a lot of facts. You know, we have a book of facts. You know, our fact book is the Bible. We need to declare what's in here. 
This is a will. Amen. This is ours. Everything that's in here is ours. Oh, we need to tell that creep when he comes. I am crucified with Christ. Amen. You have been destroyed. Amen. Sin is judged. Old Adam is finished. Declare the facts. He hates that. I'm serious, dear saints. This is how you need to fight. You know, we take too much. Don't worry, I'll make it through what I'm going to make it through. We take too much. We take too much accusation. Oh, look at you. You're the same. You know, that didn't help you. Oh, you're an exception. Uh, 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 uh. Same sin. What is that? The 2,895th time you've done that? <clears throat> and we take too much. We take too much. You know, you need to fight back. Amen. But not in your own strength. You know how the Lord fought? The Lord was God. But when Satan came to him, you know what the Lord said in Luke chapter 4? It is written. Satan said something else. It is written. The Lord said. Satan said something else. It is written. You know, it is written, it is written, it is written. That's the way the Lord fought. He was God. He could have just squashed him right there. But he was becoming the prototype. Amen. So it is written, it is written. In Revelation, there's a picture of the Lord. You know what the picture looks like? There the Lord is. He's riding on a horse. His name is the Word of God. And out of his mouth comes a sharp, two-edged sword. What does that mean? Is that science fiction? No, that's a sign. That is a sign. It means that the, you know, a warrior rides on a horse with a sword. But this sword is coming from the mouth. And we know in the New Testament, the sword represents the Word of God. For it to come out of the mouth means you speak the Word of God. You speak the Word of God. And that's the way you fight. Will you do it? Amen. Declare. Any, that's why you need to have a little time with the Lord in the morning. Call it whatever you want. You need to have some verses. You can use those verses all day long to nourish yourself and to slay the enemy. Right. How about that? Amen. How, where was I? See, you have to learn about me. You have to, you have to help me to... But anyway, I'm glad that came out. <laughs> We need to fight by the word of God. This enemy. See, I'm, I'm asking you, where are you? Now you ask me, where are you? Where are you? Yeah, in Christ. Amen. That's where I am. I'm in Christ. Amen. Nobody can help me tell me where I was. Wow. <laughs> Amen, Chaz. Thanks, brother. Yeah. God is bringing forth the prototype. Any. Resurrection. Death and resurrection. Praise the Lord. All of that. Thank you, brother. All of those negative things, I tell you, including Satan. That's where I was. Satan, that, that he's the other guy. And we need to deal with him by the word of God. You don't have to fight him. Everything has been done. 
The Lord Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. John said in Revelation, it is done. What would you say? No joke. Let's all say it. Hallelujah. You need to learn to be that simple. That's the way we fight. Hallelujah. Actually, that's the word of God. It means praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. You need to learn to live that way. That is the God-man living. The prototype. That is, the, that is who we have in us. The word-declaring Christ to slay the enemy. Don't be bothered by all of those negative things. Our history is we are in Christ. He's taken care of everything. We just remain there and say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. It's no longer that old I that lives. Oh, the life that I now live. Oh, I live by faith. The faith of the Son of God who loved me. Hallelujah. 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 Eventually, that problem that you were looking up at, you're looking down at. Hallelujah! Try it! <laughs> but not only were the negative things dealt with in that marvelous death, but the life was released. Oh, life was released! You know, in Christianity... Sorry to say, in, in many in Christianity, I should say, not everybody, but many in Christianity today stop with the dealing with the negative things. Do you understand what I'm saying? To be saved from sin. This is repeated, repeated, repeated every week, every Sunday. I was in that. I was a Baptist. And, uh, you know, I used to... This brother looks like he was a Baptist, too. You know, and they would repeat the same thing, the same thing. I'm not making light of that. That's all they saw. That's why we need to see the divine history. That's all they saw. So every week they would preach, you know, uh, the God's judicial redemption. And so you would feel, oh, oh, but I just went forward last week. But you felt, I would like to go forward to the altar again this week. But then people will think, well, why didn't you go forward last week? Didn't it work? Let me ask you, why do you wash your hands? That's right. And, but why do you wash them? To do what? But why do you make them clean? Yeah, so you don't. See, this is our mentality. Listen. You wash your hands because they're dirty. You want them to be clean. Is that the reason why you wash your hands as a human being? You just want, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. Oh, I, look at my hands, look at my hands. They're clean. Darren, look at, forget poor Jesus, look at my hands. They're clean, I got clean hands, I got clean hands. Day after day, I got clean hands, I got clean hands. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Why do you wash your hands? Thank you. You wash your hands so you can eat. Judicial redemption. That is the shedding of the Lord's blood, the taking care of all of those negative things is so that we could have God's life. This is why the veil was rent in the temple when the Lord Jesus died. 
Oh, now we have access. You have to realize, in the Old Testament, the Holy of Holies, that is the place where God was. God was there. His glory was there. Nobody could go there except the high priest once a year. God was blocked. No entry. Keep away. High voltage. No, not in the Old Testament. But you know what I mean. Keep away. Keep away. God. God. Oh. But then, oh, oh, through the death of Christ, oh, the problem. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, because of sin we were blocked. Well, the sin being taken care of was for what? Oh, now, now, oh, I can come to God. I can come forward, as the book of Hebrews says. Come forward to God. That's why you wash your hands. You wash your hands so you can eat. Don't say, oh, I got clean hands, I got clean hands, I got clean hands. I'm dead, but I've got clean hands as they view the corpse. My, those are clean hands. <laughs> Don't laugh. I know it's funny. But that is the way so many in Christianity are today. But saints, the significance, the greater significance of the death of Christ my, on the positive side, we don't belittle the negative side. That's crucial, but that's foundational for the next step. That is, that the divine life could be released. And that implies, why is the divine life released? It must be released so that it could get into some. Us. <laughs> it is released so that, oh, we could get into him and he could get into us. Hallelujah. This is the divine history. What an event that was on the cross. But then it goes on. I used to know an old brother. He used to repeat a lot. I just do what he does. I repeat a lot. I thought I was getting what he was saying. And uh, I found out I didn't. And sometimes he helped me. He put me on the spot to realize I didn't get it. I was sitting there one time thinking, hmm, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this. I was sitting on the front row right, right where Brooks is sitting. And then this old man who was speaking, he stopped. He stopped his message and then he said, Paul, have, did you do this thing that I was thinking? I've heard that, I've heard that. He stopped, he said, Paul, did you do that thing this morning? And I thought, it was like, you know, it was surreal. Did, did he just, I mean, wasn't he just give the message? Don't put me on the spot. But anyway, he, then I was thinking real fast, you know, like a Pentium 8. <laughs> this happened in a split second, you know. If I say yes, that's a lie. <laughs> If I say no, it wouldn't look good. Because I'm sitting on the front row. And I was driving him around. 
if I'm not doing what he's saying, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> so I went like this, real fast, and then I said, yeah, just like that. I said, yeah, I, I did what you were talking about this morning. Then he said, he was a wise old man. He looked at me and he said, really? <laughs> I knew, he knew, the angels, the saints, everybody knew. <laughs> Lie. Not true. Where was I? Hallelujah. We've heard this. We've heard this. We need to see it. This is part of the divine history. Life has been released. So I'm repeating, repeating, repeating. Now we can go on to the next momentous thing in the divine history. Thank you, brother. And that is what? Did he stay in the grave? <laughs> Did he stay in the grave? Oh, what do you think about the resurrection? What do you think the significance of the resurrection was? See, those Jews and the Romans were wrong. Is that the significance of the resurrection? Ha, 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 they were wrong. Oh, there's something momentous here. There is something historic here in the resurrection. Something of the divine history is here. And what is that? In that resurrection, as in the incarnation, as in the incarnation, divinity came into humanity when God became a man. In the resurrection now, humanity is brought into divinity. Oh, God is so pleased. This is his dream being fulfilled before his eyes. Huh, this is what God wanted. He wanted to be joined with his creature. So Christ comes. Oh, bringing divinity into humanity, living such a, a life of expressing God, dying such a wonderful death, terminating all of everything old, which means everything that didn't have God in it. That's what old means. and releasing the divine life. But now in resurrection, what happens? Humanity is brought into divinity. Where do I get this? I hear somebody mumbling it. Rob. See, Rob is my friend. <laughs> Make sure you sit there tonight, Rob. <laughs> Save that seat. Listen to this. Romans 1, verses 3 and 4, says that Jesus was of the seed of David according to the flesh. What does that mean? That means on, he was a man. On the human side, he had a human source. 
He was the seed of David. David was his human ancestor. Yet the next verse says that he was designated. Am I right, Rob? He was designated what? The Son of God. Wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Son of God. I thought he already was the Son of God. Wasn't he? He was the Son of God. What does it mean, designated the Son of God? And what does that verse in Psalm mean when it says, Thou art my Son, this day I have begotten you. What does that mean? I thought he already was the Son. Here, this is the divine history. You need to see it. What does that mean? That means he was designated the Son of God out of the resurrection from the dead by the Spirit of holiness. That means that in resurrection, he took that human part of him which had not yet been sanctified and uplifted and he brought it into divinity. Do you fully understand it? Neither do I. But does the Bible say it? What would you say? Amen. What would you say? Amen. That's another thing to do. Learn how to say amen. Learn how to use the word and learn how to say amen. But anyway, the Bible says that in resurrection, oh, this is the divine history. He brought humanity into divinity. Some of the church fathers described his incarnation and his resurrection in this way. Athanasius in the fourth century was one of them. He said, God became a man to make man God. That means divinity came into humanity in order to bring humanity into divinity. This is why we say that believe into the Lord Jesus, my goodness, we become God in life and in nature, in appearance, even in function. How significant oh in this resurrection he brought his human side into divinity being designated the son of God the son of God with now divinity and humanity God is watching God is what God is not only God is there but God is also watching do you understand that neither do I but anyway God is happy the reason I say that is because <laughs> when the Lord Jesus was in the water being baptized there was a voice there was a voice that shows not only God is with him but God is God's there God's here God's there God's here it's like but God was 
now, now I've got what I want. Now I've got, I've got what I want. What does God want? What does God want? Christ. This Christ. This Christ that we've spent almost two sessions talking about. He wants this Christ. This is the prototype. This is, my goodness, this is a miniature of that dream that God had. This is the prototype. This is the miniature of that great person, that universal man that God envisioned. Now he has a prototype. Amen. Oh, God was happy. God was happy. The angels were rejoicing. This is the divine history on God's side. But I tell you, here's where it gets better. We are involved. Aren't you happy? Yeah. <laughs> you need to stand with your spirit. Amen. You're involved with the divine history. Amen. You're involved with God. Amen. God himself in Christ with his believers. That is the divine history. His believers now as his what? Oh, his enlargement. His increase. His extension. The prototype is here. But in that resurrection, something else happened. Can you tell me? What year are you in, Rob? Good. Are you thinking about going somewhere next year? You are good. Good. So, Rob, what else happened? That's right. Who are the many? Will all the many sons shout hallelujah? Hallelujah! Shout it again! Hallelujah! Will the many son sisters shout hallelujah? Hallelujah! The many son brothers? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! In that resurrection, we were regenerated! What an event! In God's eyes, at that time, you were brought forth as the children of God. Eventually, in time, you said, Lord Jesus, but at that time, you were brought forth. Oh, this is the divine history. Amen. And then a, a third thing happened. Not only were we brought forth, that's not the end of it. That's not the end of it. A third thing happened when the Lord was resurrected. And what was that? That's right. He became, oh, this is momentous. You talk about Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus? Einstein? <laughs> Who was some great graduate of, of Berkeley? No school pride? Good. <laughs> How about the green man? Forget that. 
But whoever, what is that? What is Columbus? What is Columbus? What is Marco Polo? Compared to this, what a momentous event. God had another becoming. First, he stepped into humanity. Oh, wasn't this something? God who was mysterious, who dwelt in unapproachable light, who couldn't be seen, couldn't be contacted at all, comes and becomes a man. What a thing! Now you could listen to him. Now you could look at him. Now you could even touch him. John said that. In 1 John, that which we have seen, which, which we have looked upon, which we've heard, which our hands have handled, isn't that wonderful? God became seeable, hearable, touchable. But still, he was just among us. That's good, but still, huh, that's not enough. Because God wants to go further. He wants to do what? He wants to get inside of you. So in his resurrection, he had another becoming. He became man, and now in, in incarnation, and now in resurrection, he what? He becomes the life-giving spirit. What kind of spirit? Life-giving Oh, he becomes the life-giving spirit! A spirit! My goodness, a spirit. That is, like, that is like air. That is like breath. That is why when the apostle Paul said, who art thou, Lord? He got in. Because by that time, he had become the life-giving spirit. When you call Lord Jesus, when you call the name, what do you get? You get the person who today is the spirit. If I tried to climb inside of Dave, I would have a very hard time. He would, Dave says he would have a harder time. I'd have to put my foot in his mouth. Usually I put it in my own mouth. You see, you just can't do it. You have to change your form. If you want to get in, you have to change your form. Praise the Lord, he did that. He did that. Amen. He became the Spirit. Oh, let's all declare, the Lord is the Spirit. Amen. The Lord is the Spirit. Sisters. Brothers, the Lord is the Spirit. this is history. Amen. This is part of the divine history. The Lord today is the Spirit. Oh. That didn't make it into Time magazine. But how momentous. The Lord is the Spirit. Now, let production begin. <laughs> Let the production begin. Let the reproduction begin. Now that the Lord has what he wants, and he's in a form that he wants, now let the reproduction begin. Because he is the firstborn, Romans 8.29 says. He would be the firstborn. The firstborn implies what? That's right, there's more coming. Are you one of the many sons? Amen. Hallelujah. Firstborn among many brothers. Ah, see, Paul, 
all his writing, that vision just came out. That vision just came out. Oh, firstborn, many brothers. Oh, that, that's the me. That is the me. You see, when the Lord said, why are you persecuting me? Paul realized, ha, ha, as time went on. Ha, he's the firstborn among the many brothers. What was I doing? I was persecuting the many brothers of the firstborn son of God. Oh, I am the worst offender. God had great mercy on me. Oh, hallelujah. Now I'm one of those many brothers. And I'm preaching so that there'd be more brothers. Oh, for this great universal person. This corporate me. What a thing. Oh, saints, I look to the Lord. We could see this. This could become our vision. Maybe this afternoon. Of course, you have time for some recreation, but even while you're having your recreation. Of course, this is the greatest recreation. I think these meetings are the best. What recreation? But while you're doing whatever you're doing, turn your heart to the Lord. This afternoon, Lord, thank you for what I've seen. But Lord, I like to see more. Lord, I want to see. Lord, your word says that you would have all men see. Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to see. I want to see the divine history. I want to see all of what you've gone through. And Lord, I want to see that I'm part of it. And it's still going on. You know, the Acts of the Apostles describes the human or our portion. It describes the beginning of our portion of the universal history. And do you realize the book of Acts doesn't have a conclusion? It doesn't really end. Paul is there in the last chapter. And what is he doing? He is, he's doing what? He's preaching. The man was crazy. It doesn't record Paul's martyrdom. Purposeless. It records Paul preaching the kingdom because the divine history is still being written. It is not over. So it doesn't get into this, you know, Paul. You know what would happen if they did? If they said, well, Paul was, you know, walking down this Roman road and, uh, you know, he was beheaded. And you know what people would do? Religious people would go there and they would build a big, you know, the church of the Apostle Paul. And it would become a big shrine and people would go there and, you know, all kinds of funny things might happen. They would, if they're sick, they might, well, if I touch this, you know, if I touch this, I'm going to get healed. You know, so you need to touch that. Forget that. So the Lord didn't mention that. It's just Paul is there doing what? He is preaching. He is preaching under what? Under the vision, under the vision of the divine history. Oh, it's still going on. It's still going on, saints. 
we want to write the last chapter. Do you know what the last chapter is entitled? It's entitled, The New Jerusalem. It's entitled, The New Jerusalem! And we are, we're writing that chapter right now. Aren't we? We're becoming that. We're building that, right? Oh, oh, isn't this exciting? Well, the Lord got the prototype. And the prototype is also the producer. I have a lot of P's. Purpose, plan, prototype, producer. You better copy down all my P's. By the time we're finished, I think we'll have about eight of them. We've seen the purpose. We've seen the plan. We've seen the prototype. We've seen the producer. We're seeing the producer right now. He is the life-giving spirit. It's not just enough, you see, for us to be born again in his resurrection as the son. That's just the beginning. It is a masterpiece of Satan that Christians today, as I mentioned in the first session, they think, well, when I'm born again, that's good enough. Now I'm just going to try and behave myself. I'll try and go to church, you know, once a week. Well, once a month. Well, twice a year. Well, once a year. That is a masterpiece of Satan. This is to deny your part in the divine history. Oh, God's thought doesn't stop with the prototype. He wants to go through the same thing now in all of us. He wants to make us God from the inside all the way out. Am I right? Have you been regenerated? Have you been regenerated? Is your spirit life? Hallelujah! Is God finished? God is not finished. Not only does he want your spirit to be life, he wants what? Your mind to be life. The book of Romans talks about children, but then it talks about sons, and then it talks about heirs. We were driving yesterday... And there was a van that passed us. And on the license, you know, you see all the different kinds of things on license and the license holders. And this one said, God's heir. God's heir. H-E-I-R, not A-I-R. H-E-I, God's heir. And so I mentioned to the brothers, I, I said, I wonder what they mean by that. It, they mean that they are an heir that is possessed by God. You understand what I'm saying? They are God's heir. In other words, God is the owner of them as an heir. But in the Bible, it doesn't just mean that. It means that you inherit God. (laughs) You are God's heir. That means what you inherit is God, 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 God to the full. See, eventually, the Lord Jesus, I mean, everything, Everything was God. Divinity was in humanity, and then humanity was in divinity. Everything was God. He is doing the same with us. Oh, Romans 
8 says our spirit is life. Romans 8 also says that our mind is becoming life. The mind set on the spirit is life and peace. It also says that he will do what? Give life to our dying body. Do you believe that? My goodness, I need life to my dying body. I really need it right now. The more life I have to my dying body, the more life I have to this mind, I won't have to ask the brother, where was I? I need more life! This is the divine history. Now it's going on. Now it is going on in all of us. Just like with the Lord Jesus. Now the mass production is going on. Oh, the Lord is not finished. Well, now I would like to shift to tracing our portion of the divine history through the New Testament. And we'll take the rest of probably our weekend on another P. That is the process. The process. We have the purpose. We have the plan. We have the prototype who has been produced, and he is the producer, but the producer follows a process. But before the process, the producer gave a preview. <laughs> Another P. There might be ten. Before the process begins, we have a preview. We have a preview of this corporate me from the Lord Jesus. And this is in that section we have already referred to in Matthew chapter 16. The Lord is there, and he says, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And then we saw that Peter... Of all people, Peter got a revelation. And lest Peter think it was something of himself, the Lord, when he commended Peter, he said, Well, Peter, huh, it wasn't you. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father. This shows, saints, oh, to see the divine history, we need revelation after revelation after revelation. So coming back to this afternoon, oh, you need to open to the Lord. Lord, I need to see more. Yeah. Lord, even the, the rest of this weekend, I want to see more. Yeah. Lord, in the meetings, I want to see. In the cabin fellowship, I want to see. Lord, even while I'm sleeping, I want to see. Lord, while we're eating our meals, I want to see more. I want to see, see, see. Amen. Fill this weekend with your light. Amen, Amen saints? Amen. Oh, I want to see. Peter got a revelation. Oh, what God wants is Christ. Thou art the Christ. Woo, the Lord said. Ah, that's right. That's right. But, he said, as we already mentioned, I say also to you, there's another half to this equation. You are a stone. Oh, that is significant. 
You are a stone. And on this rock, a different word, I will build my what? I will build my what? Whose church? The Episcopal church? Baptist church? Roman Catholic church? Greek Orthodox church? Church of your choice church? Church on the corner? My church. In the Greek, it says the church of me, literally. My church means the church of me. That means that it strongly implies not only do I own it, I am the source of it. It is of me. My church is of me. My goodness. What do you think the church is? Group of people? What is the church? See, I'm full of questions. See, you're learning. <laughs> this sister boldly said, what is the church? Christ. Now let me ask all of you, what is the church? Christ. Are you sure? Are you sure? Ah, uh, not all of you. No, the church is Christ. Just like Eve was Adam. She was formed out of one of his ribs. So in a sense, Eve is Adam, reproduced, enlarged. It started off just a little rib, but it eventually it was a woman, a helpmeet. She really helped. <laughs> but anyway, what a picture. This is a picture of Christ and the church. The church is of me. The church is the expansion of that divine rib. The church is the enlargement. The church is the increase of that divine rib, which is Christ himself. And the church, together with Christ, is just the Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 talks about the head and the body. It says, so also is the Christ. The Christ. Head and body, that is this universal person. Have you ever seen the church that way? Now I'm going to get crazy. Oh, I hate these Definitions. These thoughts about the church is an organization. The church is a group of people who all believe the same thing, right? We believe the same thing, therefore we are the church. Is that the church? No, no the church is what? Christ. The church is Christ! When God looks, it's just like when Adam looked at all of the animals. No, for, for, uh, for his companion, for his helpmate. Here comes a giraffe. No. Here comes a hippo. No. Here comes a tiger. Ooh. No, 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 no. I'm sorry to say, God would look on the earth today looking at all different kinds of things. Is this my counterpart? Is this, is this my church? Is this me? No, 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 no. Till eventually, ah, here it is. Here is the mass reproduction of Christ. That is the church. You need to see the church is Christ. Oh. Let me 
me ask you again, what is the church? Christ. What is the church? Christ. Who is the church? Christ, Christ, Christ. Christ. God is only interested in Christ. Amen. Peter saw, oh, thou art the Christ. And the Lord says, I will build my church. This is one thing together, Christ and the church. Oh, the great person in the universe. Oh, hi. I'm in it. I'm in it. I might be in this camp, but I'm in the great universal person. I have realized my destiny. How about you? Oh, this really makes me crazy. Hallelujah! I'm in it. I'm in this person. Oh. So then the Lord went on. Well, to get this, to get this, this is just a preview. To get this, I need to go through death and resurrection. Yeah, we already told the story. And then Peter said, oh, no, 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 don't, uh, don't do that. See, Peter needed more video. He needed more revelation. Praise the Lord, eventually he got it. Read First and Second Peter. My goodness. Eventually, there's hope for anybody. There is hope for anybody. You read First and Second Peter. You read the Gospels. Ugh. You read Acts. Mm. You read the Epistles. Woo! There's hope. Eventually, he saw, my, he's the one that wrote that we were born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter wrote that. He saw, but initially, he didn't see. He said, oh, Lord, no, oh, come on, pity yourself. Take it easy. Let's talk about this. Cru <laughs> Crucify, crucify, ooh. You know, that's gory. So the Lord said, get behind me, Satan. So we have that third party. And he wasn't finished. Because shortly thereafter, and I want to mention this because we all need to be impressed that what God delights in, what his pleasure is, what his decision is, is just Christ. The prototype and the mass production. Christ, 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 Christ. Don't talk to me about anything else. Even what I might have used in the past, don't talk to me about it. Everything from the beginning has been for Christ. Amen. All I'm interested in is Christ, 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 Christ. Amen. So right away after this, they go up to the mountain. They go up to the mountain. And the Lord gives a preview, a preview of what the mass reproduction is going to go through. He is transfigured. It's like, you know, inside the Lord. You looked at him. He probably had a beard, long hair, you know. Just a common person at that time wore a robe, you know. Actually, he didn't look so good. You know, these pictures of Jesus today, you know, he's got blue eyes, you know, and just a halo around his head, you know. He really looks good. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible said he didn't look good. The Bible said that we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, rejected, did not look good outwardly. But inwardly, my goodness, the glory was there. This was the tabernacle of God among men, including the Holy of Holies. Oh, when he was transfigured, it's like he unzipped himself just momentarily and outshined the glory. Outshined. Woo! Can you imagine? This is part of the divine history. A preview. Oh, and then Peter was there. Oh, Oh, he wasn't just ooing and eyeing about 
the glory because the Bible says that together with the Lord, also in glory, was Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah. Oh, Peter was there. Oh, look at the Lord. Moses. Moses. He was a Jew. Peter was a Jew. You know, Moses. Moses. And Elijah, whoa, whoa, whoa. So then Peter, I mean, it was that other guy again. Peter, look, look, look. We've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. Moses, Peter, Moses, Moses. Elijah gave the law. Oh, he, he did all those powerful works. Elijah, Peter, Elijah. So Peter began to say, oh, Lord, it's good to be here. Oh, it's good to be here. Let's build a little shrine for Moses. Of course, one for you. And then one for, you know, Elijah. Elijah. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, the point, saints, is after he said that, there was that voice again. Actually, he was going on and on. He had other things to say, which we don't know. It says, while he was still speaking. That's Peter. You know, he was still, he was probably elaborating on how, let's, how to make the shrine. He, that's Peter. Thank the Lord. There's hope for anybody. But while he was going on to speak, there was a cloud that came and just kind of muffled his nonsense. Be quiet. And then there was that voice which said this is my beloved son. This is what I want. This one. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. This is what I want. This is my dream. This is what I want you to become. I want you to become him. This is my son. I don't care about Moses. Yes, I learned. Yes, I used Moses. Yes, I used Elijah. They are just witnessing now for this one. This one is now the law of life to get into you. You don't need Moses. This one is now the Elijah doing and speaking for God from within you. This is the one. Hear him, hear him. And all the disciples, the three of them, they hit the deck. They were afraid. Then the Lord comforted them. And then there's a very interesting phrase. When they looked up, it says they saw no man, no more Moses, no more Elijah, no man except Jesus himself alone. It didn't say they saw no man except Jesus. That would have been good enough. Or no man except Jesus himself, but Jesus himself alone. God was making a point. All I want is Christ. Christ, Christ, Christ. The church is Christ. The element of the church is Christ. The constituent of the church is Christ. The center, the head, the body even. Constitutionally is just Christ, 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 Christ. And when Paul preached Christ, this is what he meant. <laughs> the head and the body. He preached the Christ. He preached 
the divine history. Amen. That's what I'm doing here. I'm preaching the divine history. Amen. Do you like it? Yeah. I love it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And my time is up. But still, we got three more meetings. We're not doing too bad. We're not doing too bad. We'll get somewhere. We don't care for quantity. We care for what we see. Amen. We, oh, and we'll see more. I do believe we will see more. Amen. Thank the Lord for this preview. This preview. There is the unique one. God has made his choice. That is Christ. His church is out of him. He is the source. He is the element. He is the constituent of this church. This one over here, he will fight that. You realize what he was doing? And religion today does the same thing. He would lower down Christ. He would equate Christ with other good things. Do you realize in religion, this is happening right today? You not only could pray to Christ, you could pray to somebody else. Some people think, oh, don't bother Christ, Brooks. He's busy. He's the son of God. He's got a lot on his mind. Talk to his mother. Don't laugh. What is this? Oh, that's not denying Christ, but it is lowering him down and raising others like Moses and Elijah to the same level. This is the strategy of this one. And this weekend, we not only want to see a vision of the divine history, we want to have an exposure of his strategy. Amen. And that's one of them. To replace Christ. What he wants to do in your experience is to replace Christ. Replace Christ even with your family. Replace Christ with your education. Replace Christ with your religious background. Replace, replace, replace. God wants Christ. This one is anti-Christ. Eventually a man will appear on this earth who will be the embodiment of centuries of anti-Christ. And he will be called anti-Christ. Against Christ. God is for Christ. This one is against Christ. There are three parties. We are in the middle. What will we do? Who do you want? Christ. Who do you choose? Christ. Oh, if you choose Christ... My goodness, every day you need to behold Him and reflect Him. To be constituted with this one. You will only do that as much as you are under the vision of the divine history. God would not tolerate that nonsense from Peter. No, that is from the enemy. He is not at the same level. He is unique. He is the center of my economy. How about this? We need to see more of the divine history, more of what God is doing, what, more of what we need to do, and more about what that one tries to do. How about that? For the next three sessions, let us see more. Okay, Dave, I better stop.